What's up TATP listeners and welcome back for another episode of the Accessible Technology Podcast with me, Phoebe Slough. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, this is a podcast all about the most accessible modern day technology as well as the least accessible everyday modern technology and which also sometimes gets into giving advice to technology companies on how they can make their technology even more accessible which is something that I have a very big personal interest in, given that I am paralysed from the neck down and therefore physically disabled. In today's episode, however, you're going to be hearing my reaction to Xbox's Developer Direct Conference of 2024 which was aired on the 18th of January, so only a few weeks ago. But since this is the first time I've actually covered this type of content on my podcast before, here's some background notes about what the conference is and about the history of Xbox as well just in case he's been living under a rock. So starting at the start of the Xbox's history, the Xbox is basically a game console sold and made by Microsoft, which was first released in 2001. Starting with the original Xbox, The brand has up to date released nine different consoles, those including the Xbox 360, the Xbox 360S, the Xbox 360E, the Xbox One, the Xbox One S, the Xbox One X and of course the Xbox Series S and X, which all followed after the launch of the original Xbox. However, in the last few years, Xbox has also started streaming new events, and one of those is the Developer Direct Conference which was first aired for the first time in 2023. However, before I start reacting to the conference, I would also like to take a second to tell you that you can also donate to this podcast if you would like to, whether that is through Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and Audible, on Google Podcasts, although that is only until April, on YouTube Podcasts and on Spotify. But you can also as well 
watch the full version of this reaction totally unedited by going over to my Patreon, which is linked in the description or episode notes. And that will be available as soon as possible after this, once it gets uploaded. But now that I've said all of that, and you know a wee bit more about this podcast, let me get straight into the reaction, and I hope you enjoy it. interesting opening there so I feel like that really tells you about how Xbox are trying to sell more for the accessibility community and I think that's really a good thing. Welcome to Obsidian Entertainment. I'm so proud to share with you our upcoming fantasy action RPG, Avowed. Avowed is an adventure into the heart of the living lands, a frontier at the edge of the known world, where you must put a stop to a mysterious spiritual plague and discover a secret at the heart of the living lands. It's colorful, it's vibrant, it's strange. It's one of the most incredible settings in the world of Aora. There's going to be a lot of great secrets to discover, one of which has a really personal connection to you as the player character, and you're going to have a great time getting to know those secrets and leaving your mark on the world. Here to talk more about Avowed's combat is Gabriel Paramo, Gameplay Director. Here at Obsidian, our team's overarching goal is to empower you with choice. So we developed a flexible combat system that allows you to quickly swap from spellcasting and sharpshooting to melee combat. We want to give you the freedom to mix and match your loadout to fit the way you want to play from moment to moment uninterrupted. For all battles, you can combine a variety of weapons, attacks, and abilities for tactical advantages against a wide range of enemy types. If you choose to approach combat with a one-handed wand, it feels quick and snappy when dealing damage to enemies at mid-range. Using the Tanglefoot ability, you can stop enemies in their tracks, giving you the opportunity to focus on weaker or tougher combatants in an intentional and controlled manner. To help with the different encounters you will face, we provide customizable loadouts that can be quickly switched during combat. That means you can play however you want. We've worked hard to keep you constantly engaged as battles unfold by creating a balance between pressure and manageability during combat. Players will have ample choices for how to build and progress their envoy in the world of the living lands as they get to know the game and the story and explore the many diverse regions. Some quests in Avowed will have you make difficult decisions with profound consequences. Like this side quest you may encounter in Shatterscarp, the third region you'll explore on your journey through the Living Lands. As you're exploring, you come across the bodies of these fallen soldiers. And as you explore the remains of the battle, it's up to you to determine who, if anyone, is at fault. Making the right choice isn't always what it seems. 
We embrace moral nuance and gray areas, trusting players to make tough decisions in complicated situations. At the end of the quest, you have a choice. When you confront Private Naoki, if you believe the story he's told you, you can hand over the badges and let him go back home. But if you confront him, if you believe that he fled the site of the battle as an act of cowardice, then he might challenge you to a fight to reclaim his honor. Either way, when you return to town, you'll see the consequences of your actions and the choices you made during this quest. From the outset, we knew that we wanted a vowed setting to feel rich, weird, and wonderful. We found inspiration in a wide swath of real-world cultures, helping us create a unique RPG experience. The Living Lands is a continent of untamed valleys with widely varied biomes, from luxuriant forests to volcanic wastes, and each of those regions itself is a conflux of storied landscapes. All of the regions have a lot of special things associated with them, but I have a deep place in my heart for Shatterscarp. As you're wandering the wastes of Shatterscarp, you might notice off in the distance a vibrant jewel of color. We hope you've enjoyed this look at Avowed. We're thrilled to share more about the game in the coming months, and we can't wait for you to explore the living lands when Avowed launches this fall. So Avowed looks like a really interesting game overall. However, I just hope that Obsidian have included accessibility features such as being able to toggle weapons on and off and allowing options that will help people who can't hold down two buttons at the same time. My setup is really that I use an elite controller as well as the adaptive controller because the only bit of the controller I can't actually use is the shoulder buttons. So I just hope that there's accessibility features that will help with that. But yes, it does look interesting overall so I would definitely be interested in trying that out. Hi, I'm Don Matthews, studio head here at Ninja Theory in Cambridge, UK. We're now in the final months of development on Senua Saga Hellblade 2, and the team is working hard to bring you an unforgettable journey into Senua's unique world and her battle for survival. Senua is back with a new quest. She wants to stop the Vikings who raided her village right at their source, in Iceland. But not just her quest has changed. Senua herself has grown since the first Hellblade. She's made peace with her past and is no longer in such fear of her visions and voices. In the game, Senua arrives in 10th century Iceland on the trail of the Vikings who have been enslaving her people. In the story, we're trying to be as faithful to history as we can up to a point, establishing a solid framework and then building more surreal elements on top. Senua will make new enemies, and also new allies who will come to see her unique perspective as a beacon of hope. And she'll discover along with us how this viewpoint can have its advantages. Senua is a Celtic warrior who experiences psychosis, seeing things that other people don't, hearing voices and having unique beliefs about the world around her. 
To bring Senwa's perspective of the world to life in a truthful way, we have once again worked closely with Professor Paul Fletcher at the University of Cambridge, as well as people with lived experience of psychosis. On Saga, we've taken everything to the next level. With a new motion capture space, a bigger stage team, a stunt crew and a new cast, we spent a lot of time planning the motion capture shoots, thinking of what events would be good to bring into this fight. Like, how can we make this fight feel different from the previous fight? Mel knows Senua better than anyone, better than I do. Her instincts are amazing, and she really doesn't need much help from me. On stage, our main focus is storytelling. So I get to watch the actors and see all the beautiful expressions on their faces and then I have to wait a little while and then I get to see that all again in game, in costume, on location, everything. Senua experiences reality differently and a part of this manifests in the voices she hears. These voices come to life through binaural audio, which provides a good representation of this type of auditory hallucinations. Our mission here at Ninja Theory is to craft life-changing art to game-changing tech. And that's our aim in Senua Saga Hellblade 2 is to not only see where Senua goes next, but to deliver something really meaningful. I really like the detail that the team behind Hellblade 2 have went into when it comes to understanding someone with psychosis and who hears voices in the head. However, moving on to another accessibility note, I just really hope that the game will allow you to change the difficulties when it comes to picking more accessible gameplay as well as letting you toggle options if you need to do things slightly easier although i don't think it looks like that type of game where toggling would be that important but as well as that i also think that if any jumping is included in the game maybe included in a a button press that automatically jumps for you would be a good thing. Just a quick explanation that I did actually record the reaction to the new Mana game. However, unfortunately, only the beginning of it it's explained in English and the rest is in Japanese. So if you would like to watch that, you can go over to my Patreon. That game, Visions of Mana, really does look exciting and I really would like to play it when it comes out in the summer. However, what I think is worth mentioning is that we might need more details on what the accessibility features are going to be like, such as when in those combat scenes when you're doing spells and when you go into the air. 
to do spells as well. But if I can't, in my own condition, it would be difficult for me to hold on a button up for a long period of time while doing all of that. So I wonder if there could be an accessibility feature that would let you just hit a button to do that at once and then just move around with your joystick or analog stick while doing spells in the air. I don't really know what a feature like that could be called, but anyway, the game does look very interesting. And in fairness to Square Enix, they are very good developers as far as accessibility has went over the last few years. So, yeah, hopefully they're able to come up with something. And welcome to Oxide Games. Our history untold is the game we dreamt of making. R is an homage to historical gamers, strategy gamers, 4X gamers. It features all the depth and gameplay fans of this genre love, where you'll explore the world, expand your nation, govern your people, and engage with your rivals on the international stage. It's been an amazing process to see from concept to completion. We started small, building a robust game engine, questioning our design assumptions, and prototyping out features, rediscovering what made us fall in love with strategy games in the first place. The end result is Aura, the historical grand strategy game that presents a living world where you can rule how you want to rule and chart your own path to becoming the most prestigious nation on the planet. We also wanted to explore more in different parts of history and give players from around the world the chance to see the game reflect their unique perspective and not just ours. And finally, we knew that for players to feel the impact of their decisions, they would need to see their choices reflected in the game world itself. To win a game of Aura, players will compete with their rivals to build the most influential, impressive, and important nation the world has ever known. This is measured by prestige, the player's score that proves their worth as a leader. The prestige system gives players the chance to decide what kind of leader they want to be. Do they want to pursue great works of arts and culture? Military might. Scientific advancement. The choice is theirs. Personally, when I play Aura, I like to build triumphs. Triumphs are our collection of incredible monuments and architectural achievements from throughout human history. Like the Great Pyramid of Giza. Hard to build, but worth it. Another aspect of Aura that I am personally excited about is our crafting system. The crafting system offers a unique challenge to the player that they generally won't see often in the 4X genre. Succeeding at balancing, gathering the right things, turning them into the tools that you need, and then finally getting to the outcome or reward of something like an important improvement or triumph. I'm proud of the work that's gone into our simultaneous turn system. Many strategy games have players alternate taking turns and reacting to their opponent's moves. In Aura, all players' actions are resolved at the same time. This rewards players' ability to navigate uncertainty, to predict and strategically plan for a variety of scenarios in the moment. It's not easy sifting through all of history. For Aura, we wanted to offer a fresh perspective, so we looked at cultures and societies throughout the millennia with the broadest lens possible. For us at Oxide, player feedback is the only way to really understand what you're making. It gives us that priceless perspective from the people we're making Aura for, you. 
building the game alongside real players has given us that critical player feedback. In the end, we believe this makes for a deeper connection between the players and the game. We can't wait for players to get their hands on the game later this year. But the launch of Aura is only the beginning. We are going to maintain our Insider program after the release date and continue to listen to players and support the game into the future. So no one like the other games? I don't really think I have anything to say as far as accessibility goes, but given that it's a game that is going to be for PC and for Game Pass, I guess one of the only things I could say about accessibility would maybe be including a feature that includes allowing physically disabled gamers select an option that says right click to add to a playground. However, that would be the only thing I would say as far as accessibility goes because as far as history goes, I'm a bit of a history buff, so I'm happy with how the history aspect is looking at the minute. Although maybe in other ways it might be good to maybe include disabled characters at some point and people who look physically disabled in other ways, maybe dependent characters, but yeah, that's the only thing I would really say about that. We are really excited to finally be able to share our work on Indiana Jones. This game you aren't just playing as in you are Indiana Jones. You will see through his eyes and experience a journey that we hope lives up to the proud legacy of Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is such an iconic character and he means so much to so many people. Now we have the opportunity to tell a new Indiana Jones story for a modern gaming audience. Our game is all about putting you in Indy's shoes, letting you see and feel what he sees and feels. For us at Machine Games, we do that best through first person. Whether it's cracking your whip, solving puzzles in ancient temples, or seeing your knuckles go bloody in a fistfight, all of these moments are much more intense in first person. We always talk about how clever Indiana Jones is. That had to be one of our guiding principles when we were thinking about the type of game we were making. Sure, there will be some obstacles that will be more easily overcome with the revolver or a gun taken from a disarmed guard. But I think most of the time you'll have more fun. We always want to be offering more solutions, whether it's trying a different path through the environment to get around enemies, observing enemy patrols and using them to your advantage, or using the tools at your disposal. One of our models for Indiana Jones and the Great Circle is adventure first. But in every indie adventure, there are always those moments where he finds himself in the action. 
that's been one of those balancing acts for us. And we've ended up with this sort of hybrid experience that mixes melee combat, stealth, and gunplay. How you approach any given situation is up to you. You may choose to sneak around an enemy patrol, or maybe you just pick up a shovel and whack them on the back of their head. And when you can't use your wits, you got in this most iconic tool. I want to thank you all for joining us for our big reveal of Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. I'm also very excited to announce that Indiana Jones and the Great Circle will be coming later this year. And we cannot wait to share more soon. So overall, I'm really interested in all of those games. But first of all, I would just like to comment on the new Indiana games that is coming out. By all means, it also looks amazing. And I will try it out when it is released. But there's a couple of things I just want to say as far as accessibility goes. Although I have tried to get into the Indiana Jones games in the past, I haven't really had that much success with them because of the lack of accessibility features. If you have to jump a lot, I find, in the Indiana Jones games, which is why in the new game, I hope that they could have one of those easy jump options where you just have to click the A button once and it automatically jumps over or up on a surface because that would be a lot easier for me personally just like what the jump option in Hogwarts Legacy is like apart from this however I would also like to see a couple of toggle options that you would use when bringing out a gun because as i've explained i can't use two buttons at the same time so when using a gun in pseudo games i have to rely on options that let you click to them in on a person and over and then the ability to just search at them after but other than that I don't think I would really change anything else about it so yeah really looking forward to playing the game but hopefully those accessibility features could be included or added in plus it would also be good to maybe have an option that will zoom on to a character automatically and automatically follow them as well 
So in order to have finished listening to everything that was announced at Xbox's developer direct conference and finished hearing what I had to say about it, let me ask, what did you think about all the games that were announced? Was there anything you liked or disliked? And will you be ordering anything that was showcased? Or are there some things you would like to be added or updated in the games before you consider buying them? Well, if you like what I said, you can include your thoughts in a review wherever you're listening to this. Or by going over to the contact page over on my Fabeslow Tech Reviews site, pltechreviews.co.uk, or over on the contact page on my portfolio website, which you can find by searching for fabeslow.com. If you'd like to watch the video version of this reaction, with it of course being the trimmed down version, you can watch it by searching for my PL Tech Reviews YouTube channel. However, you will also, as I've said, be able to watch an uncut version of the reaction by going over to my Patreon, which again is linked below. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to check out some other areas of journalism that I would like to get into, you can find some of the other bits of journalism and content areas that I go into sometimes by going over to phoebelow.com or by searching for the YouTube channel Phoebelow Journalism. However, you can also listen to a podcast version of everything that I cover over on there. By searching for the Thieves Lab podcast, which is on all of the same destinations that you can listen to this one on, so please consider checking it out. But that's all for this podcast episode for now, so thanks for listening to it if you have played it this far and for even clicking on it and I'll talk to you again in the next one when I'll be returning to some product reviews with a review of my M1 Mac a wee bit of a comparison episode between my M1 Mac my M1 Pro Mac and my Centel 2015 Mac and then I'll be getting back into reviewing the customised DSi that I'm still checking out as well as sometimes getting into a few more gaming episodes such as checking out other bits of, other bits of custom and accessible 
Yeah, mine thoughts well. As well as other bits of accessible technology that I'm interested in checking out. But anyway, as I said, thanks for listening and I'll talk to you all in the next one. Bye!